All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Still no Brian Chesko. Uh, Dave and I will be going as a duet this evening to discuss Game Week 8. Duo? We are a duo. We'll be singing a duet. We will be speaking a duet. Yes, I spoken guess, word, right? Spoken word is is what I'm hearing you okay. say. Okay, all right. All right, let's do it. Uh, Dave, for the first time in months, maybe not months, but definitely many weeks, Yeah. both of us had green arrows. It has been a while. I felt pretty good. It's always good when you use a chip and it's somewhat successful. I yes. wild carded this week. I still got screwed by FPL. I'm hoping there's going to be a last second change. At this point, I don't think it's going to happen. Gabrielle Martinelli got a mysterious assist uh, for <laughs> something that he did not do when it was yeah. a defender of mine that actually did it. So. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, Ben White definitely touched the ball that went in. He shot. He shot, the... <laughs> and then Lacazette kicked in the rebound. In, he had at in least FPL a terms, light touch. In FPL terms, <laughs> that is an assist. Yeah. Anyways, I didn't get it, but hey, I had a, I had a great week. A lot of people had hard weeks. I, I had a 74, so I'm, I'm pumped about that. Well, the, the streak continued. Uh, the average score for the game week was just 49. Didn't even hit 50. And uh, I definitely saw green arrows at 61. I felt decent about that. Of course, if you captained Mo Salah, it was hard not to get to the average after that. Once we get on to doing what we're going to be doing, yes. Um, I want to briefly touch on, because last week I referenced – my wild card at the moment. Uh-huh. And then that was early because that was early in the in the international break. And so I made changes and they were end up being successful for me. So I just want to talk about that. The one change that was not successful, I already bounced that guy with my one free transfer this week. All right. So, already made a move. Yeah. I hope that you'll enlighten me to help me make my move for okay. uh, game week nine as we go along. Uh, out of the 10 matches, there were approximately 47 things that I wanted to talk about. This is one of those storyline-loaded game weeks. Drama-filled game Everywhere. weeks. Everywhere. Everywhere. All the matches. Uh, so we'll have all of the usual segments. We will talk about Mo Salah. We'll talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. We'll talk about your Chelsea assets. We'll talk about Harry Kane scoring a goal. We're going to talk about all of that and a whole lot more. There's a lot going on, Dave, and we took a week off, so we've got to jump right into this. Well, sort of. It was international break. The world took a week off. <laughs> well, the world played. The league right. took a week That's off. That's correct. That's which correct. basically means we could take a week off. That's right. All right, so let's get into it, shall Let's we? do this. All right, 
I'm going to just start the only way I know how and eventually go – there's just – there really are so many storylines. I'm going to go chronologically through the weekend, but before okay. we get into that, there's a feel-good story that I, I need to I need to mention. Oh. I, I'm going to call this giving credit where credit is due. Okay. One of the things, entities, organizations that I have trashed for a very long time was FIFA. And I dare say they were almost – I mean – this October international break was still a really – it was a logistical train wreck for a lot of clubs. But I want to give them a little bit of credit okay. because they did a wonderful thing. They helped smuggle out of Afghanistan a number of female soccer players. Oh, wow. Whose lives were legitimately in danger. I don't know this story. I don't know this story. Their lives were legitimately in danger because they you know, dared to play a, a sport as women – and, uh, and when the Taliban took over, their lives became endangered. And so FIFA was part of a governmental effort to smuggle them out of the country. That's they are amazing. safely now outside of Afghanistan. You know who they were hiding from? They were probably hiding from the Mujahideen. You, me- you, remember, <laughs> you remember this from long-time listeners, if you could only remember back to It's that so long, reference. I only remember the name. I don't remember what it's Do you remember who about. that was referencing? It was I referencing don't. a defender. Uh, a long-haired, kind of greasy-headed uh, defender, and I can't remember. Oh, that. from West Brom, yes. Hagazi, right? Ahmed Hagazi. It was Hagazi. It was Hagazi. <laughs> I made a reference one time. He looked kind of mean, like he was a part of a mujahideen, and uh, Which... so I haven't used that term in a long time. But that's always fun to say. All right. Hey, well done, FIFA. Uh, yeah, finally, that's a big you did deal. something that uh, was awesome. Yeah. It wait, was awesome. Way to not suck, yep, FIFA. Yep, absolutely. Doesn't make up for the uh, human rights violations in Qatar, though. But full credit here where it's due. All right, let's start with Liverpool-Watford because that's where the weekend started. Watford okay. hosted Claudio Ranieri's era as Watford manager uh, already on the decline, losing 5-0. I mean, the cards are kind of stacked against him with Liverpool coming. They're stacked in. against him for a while with this schedule, Dave. Yeah, I mean, he he set up for failure. I, it just were they hoping for a new manager bump because we lost the new manager bump at Watford roughly seven and a half managers ago. Watford in the beginning played with some spirit, Scott. For, for and then what, Liverpool just stole it. <laughs> Captain Mo. We've talked about this now for a couple of weeks. I learned from my errors. I know you did too. I captained him. We both captained Mo Salah. Mo Salah was the most captain, so full credit to all of you, FPL. Way to go. Uh, nicely done on making sure that you captained Mo Salah. That was the right thing to do. He ends up giving you, what? Uh, 13 points. Yeah, there you go. So 26 on the captain. Uh, some people triple captain. Some people in the mini mini league, League Jeffrey. Yeah, thirty Le- mini league high this week. Yeah, that that triple captain. Yeah, triple captain to us. Although, if I, well, no, even if I would have gotten my mysterious Ben White assist, I would have been seventy seven. So, but yeah. even Captain Obvious could not outscore Roberto Firmino. Hat trick of goals, twenty fantasy points. This was that classic Roberto Firmino game week in FPL. Well, I mean. Well, I don't even need to look at his ownership. It's what is it, two percent? And then the two percent that owned him probably didn't even play him. So <laughs> they should have. But I get it. You're absolutely. What do you right. mean they should have? It was questionable. Against Jota, Watford? Jota owners were hoping that Jota was going to play. That's true. So there's definitely not a shoe in for Firmino. That's all I'm saying. That's, but that's what I'm saying. Classic Roberto Firmino. I want to give out my fantasy 
honorary meaningless fantasy half point, Dave. Okay. In this match. I'm going to give it out. It's going to be shared among all of the fans of Vicarage Road. For? <laughs> For the sensational cheer that erupted oh, late in this man. match man. when Watford had their first shot on goal. And, and... A nothing shot from 25 yards out, straight at the keeper, but Vicarage Road cheered almost like it was the first goal of the match. Wow. It wasn't. It was just the first shot on target. Wow. The sarcasm was thick. Wow. And as soon as I heard it, I said, Vicarage Road, you're getting my meaningless well, well fantasy half point. You know, Watford has good fans, and it's a shame that they had to suffer with really crappy management. It's true. And owners. It just it stinks for them. It really it really does. But uh, nothing else really any different. I plan on. I mean, Monty's interesting a lot. I mean, a lot of people continue to five goals en- entertain sneaky five goals. The idea of Monty in your lineup. And here's the question, Dave: Are you still going to captain Mo Salah when uh, Liverpool play Manchester United next week? Probably, because my guess is his record is probably decent against United. I don't know. Right now, he seems to be the hottest player in the world. It's at United, but what you tell? Does Harry Maguire scare me? No. <laughs> Lester put four in on them. Yeah, and we're gonna get to that next. They put yeah. four in on them. Yeah. Now they did it at home, but still, well, you think Liverpool can't do the same at Old Trafford? I don't know if Rafael Varane will be back next week. If he is, that will help them. But yeah, like uh, Muhammad Salah's in some of the best form I think I've ever seen him in. So. I, I you, have you no. You did see his twinkle toes goal. Right? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and and I agree with anyone. Like, he who's in a better form than him right now? No one. No, so no you one. just you just ride that train, and maybe like Brother Matt says, you just continue to captain him regardless of matchup and where they're playing. Uh, you know, one of the harder matchups you would have thought would have been against City, and he. He still got a return. Yeah, he still got a return. He still scored. So, yeah. anyways, Mane would be interesting to discuss, and I don't think, and you know, Liverpool defenders. Uh, I think it, it's probably worth mentioning they haven't had as many clean sheets as you would have thought. They had one here, but they yeah, did. That's true. But in the overall scheme of things, leaky Liverpool a little bit. A little bit. Um, They've been outscoring teams this season. It's been back to. Uh, early Klopp era, late Rodgers era style of score lines. They, they got about fifty percent, fifty percent clean sheet. They're known, when right you think now. about what they're doing well. You, you think first about Salah and that whole front three and the goals that they're scoring. It's not about clean sheets in the defense. But shockingly, Joel Matip, and I, I want to mention this for a couple of different reasons. I, up until this year, he's never played back to back Premier League games, which was one of the crazier stats. I didn't even believe it. Right. But this year, he's out of the, the uh, eight games, he has played in seven. He did not play against Crystal Palace. And he's 5-0. So he's playing every every match. Like, if you're spending money, why not go with Joel Matip? Now, this is going to be a little disappointment to everyone. But League Billy, he sent me a text. His suggestion for a team name change got denied. Oh. And remember, <laughs> right. that team name suggestion that he tried to get sneak through the cracks for of FPL, but the okay. super sniffers sniffed it out. Okay. It was uh Matip of Hmi Huang. Yes. Yeah. And that, that did not fly. So <laughs> combining Joel Matip 
and He Chan Huang combining their names will not work. Uh, the FPL will not allow that to happen. Anyways, say all that to say as I joke. Matip at a 5-0 is an amazing way into the Liverpool defense. Liverpool has one of the best defenses in the league, as they're one of the best teams in the league. And you're not going to find you're not going to find a way into Chelsea or City. I don't think you're going to be able to find a way into any of their defenses cheaper than a 5-0. So uh, keep your eyes on that. And, right. and, and then there's Mane. If, if you want to want to roll with Mane, I think he's fourth and uh, or third or tied for third at overall scoring. He does, Scott, have a sneaky five goals. He's not going to explode when we've talked with the, uh, about this before. He's not going to give you, uh, probably not going to give you a brace, probably not going to give you a hat trick. But will he give you a, a goal and a possible assist? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he'll do. He's been wicked consistent. Three, f- three, eight, five, eight, eight, two, seven, eight. So he's been a really consistent performer all season. Is a whole almost now a whole pound dollar cheaper than Salah. Salah has almost doubled his overall fantasy points, so it's not like they're kind of in competing for each other. But there's no reason why, if you want to own Salah, you can't own Mane just the same. Eleven nine is still wicked expensive. All right, let's move into the next uh, time slot uh, for matches. We got to start with the match we've already mentioned: Leicester four, United two. Dave, when this season started, I sort of played out a storyline for Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay. Kind of a hot shot start, and then calls that don't go his way, and then the club enters into a little bit of a dip in form, which leads to a phantom injury, which then leads to Ronaldo out in you know as soon as possible. Now, this is all playing out much faster than I would have expected, but are we at the stage now where United is hitting this dip in form where – you know, OGS is under some th- threat of of seeing his is, is his seat getting warm. Is he going to lose his job? Get the sack? Are we seeing are we seeing this actually play out where Cristiano Ronaldo's in danger? Scott, I don't think so. I really don't. Look, the the media can't slam Arsenal because they got off the first three weeks, so they 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 got to pick a, uh, another whipping boy, and it's it's United at the moment now. Shockingly, they are now below Tottenham Hotspur in the table. Yeah. So they are sixth overall on the table. I mean, it's uh, super, Brighton, it's who's played tight. no one, Early is days. Brighton, who's played no one, is continues to be up in top of the table. Yes. They'll come back to earth. Kudos to them, though. They they've played well. They've drawn teams that they need to draw, and they've beat the teams they need to beat. So kudos to them. I think United's gonna be fine. I and really do. Be fine. United will be fine. They have a lot of talent. Rashford's back. They almost have. They almost have too many players. What they really need is European football so they can start splitting the squad up a little bit. And once they that have happens... It. They've played two European matches. I'm, they're about to play a third They're about this to mid-week. play a third. I know, but what they needed was... Yeah, I mean, look, they Aren't got, they out of the cup or the, the Carabao Cup already? Yeah, I can't remember. I don't remember. If I'm only, pretty sure they if are. If only there was a way I could, I could find So they don't out. have the cup to give a B team No, they, to. they just... They got a lot of guys who want to play, and... And OGS has never been good at rotation. No, he's not good at rotation. He needs to rotate, and he needs to find some chemistry. But then when he did rotate Ronaldo, it was a mistake. Well, rotate everyone but Ronaldo. Okay. What has Ronaldo done for fantasy owners lately? There's people talking about transferring him out. Well, I was on my wild card, and I can speak about my wild card. I talked about – I had him in my team early, and my choices of him or Lukaku – 
and I brought in neither. Neither, and I brought in <laughs> I brought in Vardy. Look, yeah. I was just looking at the numbers, and I'm like, he's coming off of an eight, eleven, and an eight. And yes, it's after an international break, but I'm like, he's playing home to United, first time in his life he's played against Ronaldo. Jamie Vardy, the guy I know, he lives for these moments. Yeah, he was a he was a man of the match. He got his goal late. You, you called it though. He, I asked you who's going to get more fantasy points in this match, Vardy or Ronaldo, and you guessed Vardy would yeah, do it. No, he, did. I, I, he lives for these matches. I followed my own advice, and I brought him in, and I, I didn't regret it. Uh, he was one of the one of the guys that, uh, I mean, honestly, you could almost use him as a differential. His ownership is at 18%, but when Ronaldo's is like over 50 and when Lukaku's is like 35 or 40, or vice versa, look, I don't slam me on the percentages at the moment. If only there was a way I could Just find that out. Just keep making your point. You got My this. My point is, Jamie Vardy is highly undervalued. He's probably outscoring both of them significantly. And I, I don't understand why we're not giving him enough love. It's probably too easy. It or And or we think it's not going to happen. He's easily having a better year this year than he did last year. And he is. He's now ahead of Antonio. He's the highest scoring forward no you nailed it the only thing you were off on is Ronaldo's ownerships down to just under 40 but Ronaldo's also the by far number one most transferred out player this game week so far uh, and look a lot of Lukaku owners Chelsea's schedule and well we'll we'll get to we'll get to Lukaku when we talk Chelsea so yeah all I'm saying is this for me I didn't love the United mojo and just had a feeling, at least for this week, that Vardy was going to do something. So I brought him in in my All wild right. card. But you're telling me two competing things here. So I need you to rectify this for me, Dave. United are going to be fine. You didn't go to Ronaldo. You don't like their mojo. What is it going to be moving forward for Manchester United? I don't especially... like their instantaneous mojo. I think they'll be fine. They have too much talent to not be fine. Should Ronaldo owners who currently have him hold on selling him? Uh, I would sell him, and then after he scores a goal, bring him back in. All right. I just think, I, look, United's going to have a bunch of games. Uh, to your to your credit with what you said, Solskjaer's probably going to start playing him in every single match, which will be European and domestic. <laughs> but honestly, Ronaldo should know his body and know when he needs to take a break. And, and again, I would leave it to the veteran to let me know, hey, I'm going to – if I was a man – if I was Solskjaer, I would say Mr. Ronaldo because oh, I, I would on. call him Mr. No, you, the, if OGS is calling him Mr. Ronaldo, then I just I throw I'm going to throw open my mouth, Mr. Ronaldo. I am going to put you in the starting lineup every match until you tell me otherwise, because you have earned that. Oh my god! Therefore, uh, I will be the the manager of this team, but you will control the minutes that you want to play. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. That's what I would do. Okay, very good. That's probably why you're not a. Manager. That's what you do with Michael Jordan. That's what you, if Michael Jordan joins the Wizards, that's what you do. All right. Well, Lester, Jamie Vardy, is about to go visit the Brentford Community Stadium. So that ought to be a lot of fun. We'll talk Brentford here in a moment. Man. Oh, by the way, anyone owning Lester products, Lester, I know other products other than Vardy had kind of been struggling. All of a sudden, their schedule is glorious, except for week 12 uh, when they're playing Chelsea. So. And Iannaccio did start again. Ianacho did start again, and what do you know, Scott? Another Leicester win. I know. Guy's magic. What do you know about that? Here, here's a really important question here before we move on. United-Liverpool this coming game week. How many penalties are going to be called 
in that match. One for each team. You think so? Absolutely. <laughs> There's no way Harry Maguire does not foul Muhammad Salah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, sticking with that same time slot, I do want to give out the Christian Menteke Wasteful Player of the Week award really quickly. This will be very brief because it's coming in the nil-nil Norwich-Brighton match, and there's not much else to talk about with Norwich and Brighton. You did mention Brighton. I think Brighton's fourth place right now on the table. They are. Uh, but uh, nil-nil result here, nothing glorious. Uh, but the most uh, wasteful thing I saw all weekend on Benteke levels was, unfortunately, the American, Josh Sargent. Wide open goal. Keeper's out. He has an open goal. And it's one of those uh, kicks, Dave, where he's about 20 yards out, I think. Yeah. But everything's wide open. All he's got to do is power it straight into the goal from the corner of the 18-yard box. Instead, he does one of those finesse kicks. I'm not actually convinced had the defender not gotten there before it crossed the line, I don't know that it would have gotten over the line on its own. It was that soft of a kick. It was awful. There's a reason why Josh Sargent is currently, as we sit here, third string for the U.S. men's national team in his position. Wow. It's because of kicks like this one. I was hoping that Sargent would be able to bring his talents to Norwich, it looks like Norwich instead is rubbing off mm. on Josh Sargent. Ouch. Josh, you win the Christian Menteke Wasteful Player of the Week award. Wow, bud. Let's keep it with the 10 o'clock time slot. Let's move on to the Manchester City result. City 2, Burnley nil. Interesting here. Obviously, there was some drama about Raheem Sterling being open to leaving England to play uh, full-time football because he's not playing that for City right now. I don't know if you saw that during the international break. No, I did. And, and Pep, if I was him, I'd want to play too. Sure. Pep starts him in this match. The goals, um, I don't even know where they came from. Here, here's all that matters. Bernardo Silva and Kevin De Bruyne. Okay, there you go. So Kevin De Bruyne is coming <laughs> into his own in FPL. Is he? Is he... I mean, is he becoming Mane worthy? Because they're at roughly the same price point. They're in the 11s, I believe. They are. Um, is he? Is he worth a look, KDB? I, look, if we're playing stud or dud, he's always a stud. It's just, you know, all of a sudden, is he kind of getting his legs underneath him? I mean, I don't know. The, his first game back, he played 25 minutes against Southampton, didn't have anything. Then he played 80 minutes against Chelsea. He finally played 90 minutes against Liverpool. Had uh, well, He scored a goal. Got eight points total, fantasy points. And then plays uh, another 83 minutes against Burnley. And uh, has a total of 11. Scores again. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's hard to say no. I mean. I'll say no. I'm not interested. I've got I've to uh, fix my midfield, but I'm not going to fix it with KDB. I'm not going to do it. Okay. I mean, that price, I'd much rather go to Mane. If I'm going to spend something in the 11s, I'm going to go to Saudi Mane, even with Mo Salah in my lineup. Not interested in KDB. I'm trying to pick in my mind. I'm not going to own either of them. Sure. But I'm trying to make a decision in my mind. And I would probably probably go with the the, uh, Mane, mainly because uh, Pep's lineups scare me. Well, and that leads in perfectly to what I really want to say about this match. Uh, This is where we bring back for the third week in a row our newest segment, Scott's Big Regret. Oh, wow. Dave. Yeah. Most transferred in player of the game week was Joao Cancelo. Yes, as as I did. 
in my wild card. You included him in your wild card. I did, did he? Did he do? I mean, I guess uh, he got clean sheet points. He didn't do anything else in this match, did he? Yeah, I yeah, never actually. He got clean points. sheet points. All right. So Cancelo, top scoring uh, defender for Manchester City, he's got fifty points on the season. He got the six points, which is standard when you have a, a clean sheet. I did not go with Cancelo as my one free transfer Ooh. in game week eight. I saw that Antonio Rudiger was hurt. Rudiger was in my lineup. Yeah. Had a few tenths in the bank. Could I have gone to Cancelo? Yes. But going to Cancelo and the Pep lineups kind of scared me a little bit. Okay. So I went with what seemed to be more of a sure thing. I went to a slightly cheaper but more reliable Ruben Diaz. By the way, Cancelo's played every minute for City in the league this year. Just want to throw that out there. That's but, crazy. I had not realized that. But but continue on. But Diaz, well, yeah, sure. Why wouldn't Diaz? Diaz play? had until this game week. Played so Diaz, every minute of Diaz the Diaz had Premier also League played season. every minute of the Premier League through the first seven game weeks. So even with that knowledge, if I'd had that. It wouldn't have mattered. Because I would have still it, gone with Diaz because it would have been the same. Diaz doesn't start. And I think. You know, lots of expletives. Sure. Because here's my free transfer, and I'm going to get nothing for him. Right. I might as well have kept a red triangle Rudiger on my bench instead, right? Well. Unless he subs on, but then you probably would want your bench player if you have a, a active bench. Well, and that's the thing. That's exactly what happened here, Dave. Lo and behold, you know, Laporte gets a yellow card, uh, you know, right before halftime. And so midway through the second half, Pep takes Laporte off. Which they ra- most teams rarely ever sub center backs. Well, Pep does whatever he wants. That's fair. He subbed Laporte off and brought Diaz in to play 18 minutes and earn a whopping one point for me. Meanwhile, Connor Cody is sitting on the first spot on my oh bench for Oh, my Wolves. gosh. Had Diaz just kept his... Diaz on the bench. <laughs> well played. I would have gotten those seven Connor Cody points, and my game week would have looked even better. The green arrows would have been a little greener, Dave. Wow, dude. Instead. Instead, I have caught you in the mini-mini league. Uh, we're tied. Let's not get it. I have caught get... you. You were ahead of me. We are now tied. I have caught you. Okay, I fair. worded that appropriately. Yeah, okay, fine. I was trying All to right. downplay the fact that we were the same. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, this season has been kind of crazy, though. I saw someone mention last season, when last season started, that their goal, their personal goal, this was on Twitter, uh, their personal goal was just to average 55 points a game week for the season, and they feel like if they can do that, then they're probably going to be in a decent spot in most of their leagues. Dave, I know the math. I'm seeing you do the math. Don't do the math. I've, I, I've got the math. We are averaging 62 points per game week through eight game weeks this season. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, and yet like we're in the 600, 500,000s yeah, well, yeah, for I overall think rank. I think we're – Right outside 500,000, yeah. Isn't that crazy? This has been a crazy, weird start to the season. High averages for the first few weeks, low averages, but the top players well, are playing very well. The first few weeks, every there's a certain group of people who play every chip for the first like four <laughs> weeks. So All right. the fact that we are where we are, like as the rest of the year goes on, if you can maintain that that same success, and that is success scoring 62 points per week, then uh, you eventually catch up to all the chuckers who played the uh, all their their chips in the first three weeks, three or four weeks. So sure. that's what that's why all those points are so high. All right, so we're gonna get there. I think 
but you we we had to keep pace. Hey, Brian has beaten us both. Just that he, I know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> life tragedy. Uh, Brian is still finding a way to beat us. I I I, th- I made up ground on him this week. I'm not sure about you. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I gotta hold you off. You're my focus. Right <laughs> All right. Let's move to Brentford nil. Uh, Chelsea won. What a match. Every Brentford match, I feel like you can finish it by saying what a Scott, match. Scott, can Arsenal finally get a little slack after yes. Brentford draws Liverpool yeah. 3-3 at their mighty community stadium, <laughs> and then Chelsea goes in there and barely gets out of there. I mean, yep. uh, Brentford's hitting posts, uh, not getting calls, uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, Ed Mendy. Having a having a party in the very goal. easily, Brentford could have had that match at one to one, and maybe it should have been one to one. But bottom line is this: Arsenal Football Club for the first month of the season took a lot of crap because they go in there and lose two nothing. I mean, this is the same Arsenal that barely got a point against Palace at home. Let's not uh, wait a minute. There's nothing wrong with this Palace team. Uh, uh, eh. Listen, man. I you had a moment at the North London Derby. Uh, I'll give you that, but since the, you, you thought that was going to lead your club into an eight-match winning streak, and here we are, two draws on the spin, I don't think your club uh, is going to hit this high-flying uh, streak like you were so optimistic that they would. We're not ready to talk about Arsenal yet, so hold that thought. Let's let's save that for later in the pod. Let's keep talking about Chelsea first, even though I've already made Look, Palace, their worst game of the season was against Liverpool. They conceded three goals. Palace isn't bad. They're fun. You, you really want to really talk about fu- this right now? You want to pause on Chelsea and talk about Arsenal right now? No, no, no. Fine, fine. I, I just like you're you're throwing Palace around like they're friggin' Norwich, and I'm like, no, like that's no. But if you first of all, you threw them around two weeks ago or three weeks ago after the North London Derby, and you said Arsenal's going to win eight in a row. Call me crazy, but it's going to happen. This North London Derby win's going to be the start of something great. The schedule's amazing. True. And now here we are in the midst of that streak, Yeah. and 2-2 is not the result you were thinking you were going to Well, have. look, if there was one blip on that radar, I would have said it was Palace. <laughs> Palace at home, so it's lies. Uh, you are look, such a liar. If, if, How dare you look at me in the eye across this look, table and I, say that? I'm not looking you in the eye. I, look, I, it's one of those things that if you would have, you know, pressed me on the issue, I would have said that. So. Okay, all right. So because I didn't push you enough on this, of course, <laughs> of course, bluster about yeah. Arsenal winning eight in a row. Yes. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Let's, let's move back to Chelsea. This is safe for granted. Look, my big regret, Scott, which I don't have a segment, uh, but my big regret was bringing in Mason Mount this week in my wild card. That's the one guy I missed on. And yeah. then I started looking at the numbers. I was uh, reading, trying to lead, read the tea leaves, check my sources. I thought this kid was going to be playing. I think we need to get used to Tuchel kind of having a couple strikers, some defensive guys in there, and then some crap midfielders. Kai Havertz subs in. Mason Mount, did he even sub in? Yeah, he had a point. I think he subs in late. Kai Havertz subs in. But Tuchel is playing, is loving – Kovacic in the midfield. I mean, Kovacic is their highest scoring midfielder. Uh, Conte, Loftus Cheek. These are the guys he's. Jorginho, Conte, right? None of those guys are offensive guys. So that's what their midfield looks like. Ziesh is not playing. Granted, he's still hurt. You know, 
Pulisic is hurt. Is hurt. But you're uh, right. Mount, Havertz. I mean, where are these guys? Werner's playing. He's never been offensive for Chelsea. My big, Another big regret is going to three Chelsea players when I did with my wild card because they've done nothing. Well, so, and again, I want to take, take back. Right? Well, so I had talked about owning Alonzo and Christensen. Yeah, Alonzo. And so I. Chilwell. Chilwell scores the goal in this So I, the, my, I, I hit on Chilwell again. I brought in Chilwell this Nicely week. Done. And so Chilwell was my Alonzo replacement. And then I brought in Cancelo for Christensen well in my wild card. But and yeah, Mount, I don't want anything to do with that kid. And I horribly regret bringing him in in a wild card. I wasted a spot. So I've already transferred him out. And I, bring br- in? I brought in. Um, I need to know what my move's going to be. I brought here. in Phil Foden. I, I was almost close enough to getting back to Sun. I wanted Sun. I couldn't get there. And so I'm looking at – I had 9.7 to spend, and I'm looking through all the options, and I went, wow. with, I went with Foden. Okay, for those of us who only have a couple of tenths to spend. Phil Foden was Well, it was, it was once I – okay, so it was like 2.3 plus the 7.4 or whatever the math is uh, that Mount was. So Mount's price was about to drop tonight, so I did not want to get involved with a Mason Mount price drop. As I had just brought him in my wild card, so I needed to get rid of him. And uh, Phil Foden seemed like a soft landing spot. All right. Very good. Uh, Mason Mount might need to be my free transfer out. So uh, I- I'm looking maybe – I mean, I hate doing it right before – this is a personal comment here. I hate doing this right before they play Liverpool, but I I should have never Mason sent Greenwood. Greenwood out. Yep. Mason Greenwood was the other guy I was looking at. It was Greenwood or Foden for Mason Mount, and I went with Foden. Let's talk a little bit more here about Chelsea. Uh, obviously, the defense keeps scoring goals, random goals in random places, and that's that's obviously frustrating unless you hit the lottery like you did with Ben Chilwell. I got lucky. Wild card. Yep. Uh, it's it. There is a lot of frustration. You know, Chelsea is on you know Pep level. Tuchel is absolutely on Pep's level when it comes to FPL frustration. But speaking of Thomas Tuchel, I have manager quotes of the week, Dave, yeah. because I just loved what both managers in this match had to say when it was done. Brentford poured it on in the last 20 minutes. For sure. It was so crazy fun to watch. And um, and the quotes that each manager gave after the match reflected how I can't wait for this. This is going to be good. Thomas Tuchel said, In the end, the last 20 minutes were suddenly a cup game, and they had nothing to lose. They found momentum, and it felt like we had one player less. They played with more belief and we focus too much on defending. Doesn't that sound like just about everybody who plays at Brentford so far this season? That, yeah. That's what they uh, do uh, to you. Arsenal would be raising their hand. I think Liverpool too. Uh, Liverpool would be too. Liverpool was lucky to get out of there 3-3. So then Thomas Frank, <laughs> he said something that you are absolutely going to love. Okay. All right. And here's, here's what he had to say. If you look over the 90 minutes, there can be only one winner, and that's us. Oh, yeah. We kept the number one side and European champions to five shots. In the end, we were all over them. Mm. They got a lucky win. Mm. Yes, they did. Don't you love that? Here's the difference, Mr. Frank, uh, between top clubs and uh, middle table clubs is the top clubs find ways to get lucky wins. And yes, they did. So... Uh, kudos to your team. Take nothing away from that. Chelsea had one shot on target. 
five shots in the game. Brentford had seven shots on target, 17 shots in the match. I'm telling you, that was a really fun one nothing game. Chelsea was on the ropes for forever. Dave, two years ago, Sheffield United were flying high. Yeah. Challenging for European place. Yeah. Everyone was raving about the way that they were bringing their five-at-the-back style to the Premier League, and John Lundstrom was being declared a lord on Wikipedia, yeah. and everything was good, right? Oh, yeah. And what was I saying all season long? Well, you... You said this is fun. Let's ride. Let's ride this ship while we can, but it's eventually going to crash. Okay, I, I did let's, you? Let's focus on the part where I said this isn't going to last. Okay, that's exactly right. And why did I say I, I'm making a point here that's positive? So go with me through the cynicism to the positive. All right. I, I you probably can already see where this is going. Why did I think the Sheffield party would end? Because they're a small club. They they're not. No. There's no depth. No. No. What was the real reason? Uh, because Sheffield Wednesday is a better program. <laughs> I'm so mad at you. Okay. I, I, I'm floundering here. I got nothing. Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder. Yeah, but you like Frank. Frank's not Wilder. That's, just go with, you were ruined. Okay. I'm you, gonna, you hate you, Wilder. You listen. And Chris no more Wilder. No more you did not, you hated his managing style and you didn't like. He was a bad leader. He was a bad leader. I'll give you that. And I. I called it from the beginning. I said, this is not going to last because Chris Wilder is not going to be able to do this. Yeah. And I didn't think it was going to be the very next season they'd finish 20th place, but right. sure enough, it happened very quickly, right? The whole thing I was trying to do with Sheffield was to bring it to this. Thomas Frank is different. I think Thomas Frank is a leader. Yeah. He's got the confidence, yes, that's clear, but he's also bringing his in players style. along in a way and doing it in a way where Brentford fans applauded their team because they had fun watching them. If you're going to lose, even right. as, especially as one of those lower half clubs, well, be fun in The losing. crowd knew they got lucky, Scott. Well, that's true, too. Thomas Frank was just saying what Thomas everyone else was already thinking. Uh, sure, I agree. I just think Thomas Frank is a better leader. That's why I think Brentford could do something here. They're doing it, and they could keep doing it. That's all I'm trying to say. They'll you stay, have made me regret ever bringing this up. Why? No, this is good. They deserve to stay up, and I think they will stay up. I think Brentford Football Club will stay up at least this year. From <laughs> What? That's Scott, not bold. That, listen, That's not bold This at is all. realistic, Scott. I, I'm not trying to be bold here. I like Mr. Frank. I like a lot of their players that they have. I'm just being realistic. Okay, so, so best – Case scenarios, Ivan Tony finds championship form. There's some other supporting players in that midfield who can pour in some more goals. The defense will hold enough, and they challenge for seventh. That's best-case scenario. No, their best-case scenario is finishing in the top half, which won't happen. But they'll That's absolutely more likely Brentford will be above 15, yeah. below 7, below 10. Between 15 and 10. That's my prediction. I'd even I'd, I'd go there with you. Because I think what's likely to happen is they're going to tail off. They're going to hit a little bit of a wall like all new clubs do. And some of these results won't be so great. Uh, what maybe have been draws to this point will become more losses. It's absolutely going to happen. I fully agree. Um, I think they stay up as well. There's enough bad teams oh, in the Premier League to yeah, keep for them. sure. Uh, and yet they're doing it. With not a lot of ownable players in FPL, I mean, no, they do. But people look. Some some people have been staying away from 
from all things uh, Brentford thinking that things were going to come crashing back down to earth. But, look, they have a couple defenders. Uh, Janssen. Janssen and Pinnock both have 40 points, well, 4.7, 4.6. So their ownership, uh, Scott, uh, Janssen is a 9.2, Pinnock a 6.8. That's, that's pretty good. And uh, Mbwemo? Am I saying that correctly? Hey, His ownership is that's surprising. Only three percent. A lot of the top top players, top thousand in FPL, own Embuemo. He's an enabler for them. He's as he been hitting it out of the park. He's been fine, but a lot of people love his stats. His he's been underperforming his XG. A lot of people could poo poo on XG. I think XG is a thing, and so he's due. Uh, in in is due, and then uh, look, Tony took a lot of flack early. Uh, he hasn't scored in the last two matches, but I think James. It's not James Tony. <laughs> no. Oh, what the hell is his name? Ivan. I think Ivan Tony uh, is going to be just fine. Any, I mean, his his ownership is fifteen point six. It should be there. That's fine. All right. Well, I think you'll agree with me. Moving on to Sunday's matches, that the biggest. Uh, letdown of the weekend was the fact that there was only one goal in the Everton West Ham match. Yeah, I said on Slack, Slack sponsor us in that workspace. I, this has the makings of the best match of the weekend, and it just kind of wasn't. No, it was fine. Nah, it lacked Brentford goals. Chelsea was a whole lot more fun one nil than this was. That is the truth. That is one hundred percent true. But West Ham found a way to get it done, Scott. I mean, I, I don't know. Look, you want to talk West Ham? If Brian was here, he'd pro- he'd want to talk West Ham. So well, you know wow. what? Let's let's talk because I they, kept Cresswell. He gave me points. That was nice. He, he did fine. Look, Ben Rama owners, you should have sold him already. Like, I have him still. I I would sell him. I it, he he'll he'll every few games will do something, but he's gone three games doing nothing, and he's only given you net returns. In one of the last six matches. So he started on fire and has cooled off, and I would not own Ben Rama right now. Now, on the other hand, Jared Bowen is consistently doing something. His last four games, 5 5 7 6. Jared Bowen is constantly active and constantly doing things that is worth his 6.3 price. So, Spurs and Villa. With Liverpool after that as the upcoming fixtures, would you stay? Would you really recommend staying with West Ham? I don't. Ham? West Ham for for me has shown that it doesn't matter who they play. What about if you're selling Ben Rama? What about Telemans at this point? Yep, and I wanted to bring him up as well. Five. Yuri Telemans is the Telemans. Scott Yuri Telemans in 2019 was loaned to Leicester and kind of lit the Premier League on fire. We last year, the start of last year, 2020, we thought that hey. Telemans is a must-own to start the season. He just never fully ever got there. But, man, this year, Scott, he's he's kind of showing his skill. I will say, as I'm sitting here, I know you said you transferred out Mason Mount. Chelsea are about to host Norwich. So I'll take the chance on Mount's zero yeah. and save him as next week's free transfer and maybe go Ben Rama to Telemans. For game week nine. Nothing wrong with that at all. Telemann's last four matches, five, seven, one, and then ten. That one 
was against the mighty Crystal Palace. So that's <laughs> that's to be expected. But uh, oh, Scott, they it. are rolling into the Community Stadium next week, so maybe it's not a maybe it's oh, not that's a, another th- I mean, a move score. that Telemans wants to do. They'll score. They'll score goals in the Community Stadium. Yeah, I mean Liverpool scored the three. mighty bees coming into the hive. Leicester are riding high after beating United. I'm not yep. too worried. Yep, and you know what that means? They're right there, ripe for a fall. <laughs> after, after, uh, oh man, you don't think Thomas Frank's not going to have Brentford ready to play this week? After that game that went, Chelsea got lucky. Does it seem like Brentford's playing every match at home so far this season? <laughs> hey, I didn't make the schedule. <laughs> the answer to that's yes, but I didn't make How the schedule. How is this happening? Um, every tough game... <laughs> Every tough game they have seems to be at home. So uh, when that flip, when that script yes. flips in the second half of the season, good luck with that. All right, now <laughs> let's talk about the one match that had the most storylines coming out of it. Uh, let's let's talk about Newcastle two, Spurs three. All right, first things first. Goodness gracious! Is there anything you'd Where- like to say about the fact that when we took the week off, Newcastle got a new owner? You you know what's Totally underrated, and this is what I want to know. What is Mike Ashley doing with all that money? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Like, is, is he going on vacation? Is he investing it? Like, what's he doing? Like, I don't – if only there was a way I could look it up and see what he bought the club for, but he just sold it for like $300 million, right? Is it $300 million or $300 billion? It's $300 million, right? Surely, surely there's no way it's a $3 billion. What, what, what is this oil field? Anyways, Dallas Cowboys. I think it's appropriate that uh, a Saudi owner buys appropriate uh, Newcastle. Word. Like you, it looks like they could repurpose the stripes on Newcastle <laughs> to look like an oil derrick as oil's <laughs> blasting out of the ground. I think that's completely reasonable. And honestly, I was okay. super confused. Right. If you looked, go back and watch a replay of the Newcastle game this week against Spurs. Number one, I couldn't figure out if I liked Spurs kits or hated them. They were purple, but they had this little weird green patch. The purple was a horrible-looking purple. But Newcastle's home kits, they had their traditional stripes, but on the front, the logo, one of the black lines stops, and it ends up looking like there's a four, like right below the collar in the stripes. Just trust me when I tell you. And I thought to myself, couldn't someone have done a better job with this? <laughs> this is a freaking professional club. What? It's always bad when you think you can do better than the pros. I'm just saying. And no, that's how. Maybe that's how bad a job they're doing is if I can do a better job than they have. Or Amanda doing. Stavely, I would never want to sit across a negotiating table with her. She could probably stare me into a puddle of tears. Who? She's the ten percent owner. Okay. Now, as part of this okay. uh, group, uh, just a lot of people understood what I just said. Uh, you focus on the Saudi part. Okay. All right. I, I've got the Stavely side. All right. Um, do you have any uh, qualms at all about uh, a Saudi prince being at the head of a, an entity that now gets to own Newcastle? So United? what people don't know is there's multiple Saudi princes. Okay. So just because there's just because there's a Saudi prince, <laughs> oh, that dilutes it somehow. And no, makes but it what okay? I'm saying is it's not the like country that owns it. Uh, it honestly it's kind of given to a title look i i know it sounds like it sounds like i i often front like i know about a lot of things i actually do know a little bit about this 
My father lived in Saudi Arabia, fair, worked for yes, he fair. traveled with the right. with the princes, with the kings in their emergency department you know, when he this, worked there. Okay, I don't mean to step on any toes of anyone's listening, but like, you know, it's funny but when people get pressed on certain touchy subjects, you know, they, they usually default to, well, I have a friend who's sure. blank, right? For sure. You legit have a father who lived and right. worked in Saudi Arabia. Right. For Work. a Sa- Yeah. So, no, this is, I can I can vouch for this. This is so, absolutely legit. I, I, I'm, I'm, I forgot about that till just now, by the way. This so is amazing. I know this just sounds dumb, but there are multiple princes. There is a high prince. He gets the complete, in quotes, royal treatment. High prince. When the king travels, uh, and it's pretty wild when they travel. Like, so my dad, who worked in, and we'll just go into a little quick sidebar here because this is fun information. My father, when he was there, he worked in the emergency room in the royal hospital, and so in order to even be seen there, you had to have enough wasa, which is almost like a cultural status. It's got the name that they they give so you can't you and i could not go in there and just be treated in that emergency room it was kind of it was there for the upper class and the royal family anyways when the when the king would travel they would always travel with uh they always have an entourage when the king or high prince travel they they travel with an entourage but they'd always would take a one of their saudi emergency room doctors and then also they would always have sometimes there were canadian south african american british uh, Australian, different different doctors from across the world. They would have uh, working in there, and, and those were the guys who were usually kind of taking doing most of the the hard work when it came in. So they always wanted one of those guys to be in. They had a, a rotation for the doctors. You could sign up if you wanted to go on. And so so when like there was one time my uh, my father came back to the U.S. for Christmas, and then uh, he was going to fly back to Saudi. He calls his handler. The handler's like, hey, the uh, high prince is in is in New York City. Uh, the doc there wants to come back home. You want to just go there? And he's like, yeah, sure. So my, my dad flies up there. Of course, it's all on the prince. Picked up, you know, uh, with a driver because that's how they, they roll. Like, they literally have a bunch of drivers. And and so uh, he's taken to the, the Plaza Hotel. So my dad lived in the Plaza Hotel for about four weeks, four to five weeks. Everything that you could uh, put on the room the prince took care of. My dad like, hardly saw nobody. He pretty much just vacationed in the, the Plaza Hotel. He fl- <laughs> my dad flew my mom up. Like, they hung out up there. In fact, me and my wife, we, we flew up and spent a weekend up there. It was back when my wife was working for the airline, so we flew for free. Anyways, all that being said, yes, this is probably not a true prince. It is a prince. In, so you have no issues with this. In, no, no, it's fine. But it's look, fine. It's, it's a businessman who owns, uh, who has a lot of wealth, and who could argue that investing in a Premier League team is not a good investment? Well, Newcastle fans are excited about it. Most of them are very excited because they know what this means. And they've already declared their intention to Well, just having an owner that cares. Well. Having an owner that wants to own the team. That wants to spend money to be good, right? To To have the club be something that they also want to watch and enjoy and perform well yeah. you know, because they've bought some of the players that they can afford to buy. Uh, but the question is who they're going to get. And I dare say this is probably not uh, profound by any means. You'll probably agree with this. Steve Bruce is only the manager because right now there's not a whole lot of managerial options to replace him with that That's this right. group is going to want. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> poor Steve Bruce. I feel so bad for Steve Bruce. Just Dude, he's managed – 
He managed his thousandth game. I know. This thousandth. So that's four digits, Scott. We have. Let's not even. There, there's one more storyline before we even get to the start of this match, which was leading into this match. All the news was that Spurs had two COVID positives that was going to impact their lineup. I my sources caught wind of this and relayed this to me as I was going to have Son in my wild card son. team. Son, okay, plays for Tottenham Hotspur. You you blitz through his name. And, and so, thank you, sure thank you for understood. clarifying. Yep. Twitter guy would have got me. <laughs> so yeah, I, my sources told me Son wasn't going to play. He was probably going to have a positive COVID test. But then we find out, nope, false positives. There were negative tests. And I couldn't do anything that. about it, Scott. You want to know why? Because there's one deadline for the game week. Yep. And this was the late Sunday. And this match. was on Saturday. Yeah. By the way, you know how dumb it is to try to wake up at like. Before 5 a.m. to make sure that your wild card team is correct before the stupid deadline. On a Saturday, on a Saturday morning. It, it, I, listen, England, you're lucky, all right? You get these lunchtime start start times for these matches in the game week. We have to get up before dawn in order to set our lineups if we want to do it at the last minute with the most possible information that we can obtain. Uh, anyway, so this happens uh false alarm on the covid scare uh so now we get into the match and here we are you know the new ownership a couple of representatives of the new ownership group including amanda staveley dave yep. are are watching uh from up above at st james park and in less than two minutes callum wilson scores now i need to say something to you i have a list i i have a i have a i have a sheet that I take notes on as I watch matches for purposes of this podcast. Okay. That's how I start to form an agenda. It's the beginnings of each show's agenda. Okay, good. And there are a lot, there's a short list of items that we've never gotten to on the podcast, partly because there's always too much other stuff to talk about. But it's notes that I make that I would say if we ever needed content, which rarely is a problem for us. Okay. One of the things that I've had on my list for about four weeks is that Newcastle is a different team when Callum Wilson is in the lineup. That his presence makes that club's fortunes different. And when I found out Callum Wilson was returning, we didn't do a pod last week. If we had, I would have talked about this. I swear to you, Dave, you have to believe me. I would have talked about Callum Wilson's return, possibly providing Newcastle a spark. In less than two minutes, who scores? Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson. Wilson, it's unbelievable. So that happens. And then, can I tell you what happened in the moments immediately after that? Yep, absolutely. I heard color commentary, unlike any color commentary I have ever heard before on an NBC broadcast. Dave. What? They brought in someone new to announce this match with Arlo White. Come on. There was no Lee Dixon. There was no Graham Lasso. Stephen Warnock, who's been on the world feed for a while, he was brought in to co-commentate this match with, with Arlo, Arlo White. And when Callum scored and they went to the replays, the analysis that Stephen Warnock gave was incredible. You I mean got he just wasn't chills. telling you what I just saw? Exactly right. He Exactly right. I got chills. Then, 16 minutes later, I think it was, Spurs score their first goal, and Dombele scores. Yeah. And he scores it, you know, kind of leaning to the left and side kicks it with the right foot into the side netting. It's a beautiful goal. 
and the replays start for that goal. And Stephen Warnock begins telling me about how he's using Jamal Lascelles to block Darlow in goal. So Darlow yeah, couldn't so see it. Couldn't so he was it. rooted to the spot. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I would have never known any of this if Lee or Graham were announcing. But Stephen gave me all of it. Wow. I heart Stephen Warnock. As you should. Yeah. Because you we've been you've been clamoring for this for years. Yeah, literally years. Literally and basically years. Basically since I first heard Lee Dixon open his mouth. Well, they, you're right. They just never truly gave uh, as good a players as both of them were. That doesn't mean that they're great announcers. And it was a shame that they all those games were wasted for the great calls by Arlo. And it wasn't just during goals, by the way. It was during the entire match. He and and Arlo's calling the action, and Steven's telling me what's happening and what it's about. It was Which is exactly fantastic. what a top-shelf announcing team should do. Dave, I, I, I'm in love, and yeah. I don't even know what to do with this. Is this like uh, Kike Sanchez Flores love? This is the uh, commentator version of Kike love. Wow. Yes. In All that right. case, it deserves this. All right, so then there's one more thing we have to talk about. Harry yeah. Kane scores his first goal. Hey, now. I don't think this matters much for FPL. Uh, Harry Kane's bound to score a goal every now and then. But did you did you happen to catch how this goal was scored? This was the, this was the crate. Like, Harry Kane couldn't have made this more fitting himself, right? Right? Yeah, right. He scores the goal thinking that he was offside the entire time, right? Just kind of dinks it in over the keeper thinking this is going to be ruled out for offside anyway, which it was. And then VAR demonstrates that he wasn't offside. Amazing. So then it takes away, like, obviously there's celebration to follow, but Harry's but- like, aw shucks, I scored my first goal of the season. Could that have been more fitting for the Harry Kane saga of the season? The only thing that would have been more fitting is if uh, someone late in the uh, game would have sent a cross in and Eric Dyer not only missed a header, but it goes off his knee into the own his own goal. <laughs> that's the only thing that would have been more fitting, Scott. Okay, that's Because fair. surely that couldn't have happened. Oh, wait, wait, no, that happened too. This match had it all, Dave. Oh, and we didn't even talk about the fan who caused the stoppage of play during the match by going into cardiac arrest. Thankfully, they're fine. Thankfully, they, 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 went, they pulled Erickson on the pitch, but they weren't on the pitch there in the stands, and thankfully, first responders were able to get there and make sure everything was okay. Yeah, Regulon saw it happening Goodness and gracious pointed it out. alive, man. Crazy. Hey, uh, it, it, incredible stuff. Uh, and, and like you said, Credit to the first responders. Yep. Wow, you guys yep. are, are heroes. Yeah, that was awesome. This literally. This oh, by the way, we haven't mentioned the double yellow, John Joe Shelby moron. <laughs> he's just guaranteeing what we all knew, which is that he's going to be sold to a championship club in January. How is how is he still on teams? <laughs> Probably because Mike Ashley didn't even know that he was still playing for him. You know what? It's embarrassingly true. <laughs> And they're, you know, this Saudi group's not going to care about selling people at discount prices. They're just going to clear it out, They're just going to clear house. They're going to keep St. Maximum, probably Callum Wilson, Almiron, Willock, Murphy. End of list. <laughs> maybe LaSalle's, maybe Matt Ritchie's a good locker Yeah, but the dad. problem is half the names you mentioned are going to miss two-thirds of every season they play for the rest of their careers. I'd maybe keep a long step just because, you know. They're local. They're local. (laughs) (laughs) 
keep a long staff. Yeah. Gotta keep something Newcastle. Oh in my there, gosh, right? dude! Oh, listen, man. If they get results, Newcastle fans aren't gonna care where they're coming from. All right, that was there was just way too much fun in that match. So let's move on to today's match. Closed out the game week. We've talked about it already a little bit. Uh, apparently, you're happy with Arsenal two, Palace two. No, I'm not happy. I wanted to win, but you barely got a point. Well, the way Arsenal looked in the first twenty minutes, it looked like they're gonna win four nothing. They looked unbelievable. Uh, and that Palace, Palace to their credit, started started clawing back in the match, and they made their own luck. Scott, they did. They they they, they looked like they wanted it more. Uh, Vieira has them playing a different style where they're they choose. I don't. I'm sure they you know, strategically choose when, but they start pressing with four or five guys. Uh, and I don't. I'm not sure Arsenal is ready for it. At least not in the first half. And they. A turnover, uh, and credit to Benteke is a great. It's a great goal. That's not the Benteke I'm used to seeing. I'm usually used to seeing him pass it at someone, or if he if he has his uh, chance to score himself, he misses. Not today. Mm-hmm. He uh, he made it look really good. Scored a really nice goal off a turnover, and um, you know from their press and credit to them. It you know Arsenal dominated game. Now it's one one. Yeah. And Scott, when that happens in a match. Momentum can change. Arsenal grabbed the the possession back again for a while, but uh, but that Crystal Palace grew into confidence in the match, and they finally uh, they go up two one off another turnover. Edward is he he can be a goal scorer when he wants to be. Yeah, that was yeah. a nice goal off the top of the or the under of underside of the crossbar. Yeah, I know the under sub Brian's favorite shot the, yep. when he goes blasting in and it hits the underside of the crossbar and still goes in. I don't know. I mean, was that a? Did he get lucky? Was that just a, a kind of a poor choice? I mean, who chooses to? I think it surprised Ramsdale. I don't think he was expecting him to try to sure. go there. No, it's and I mean, then and then he almost misses it. He almost launches it over the goal. Dave, don't you feel like? Legit, half of the time when something happens in the Premier League, it's it's a little bit of luck. Like most of the time, it sails over the crossbar. Or, or how many like deflected or... goals, just shots on goal, deflect off a defender and go yeah, in? Yeah, but what do we say in our theme song? You make your you luck. You make your luck. I know. That's why I said Crystal Palace made their own luck. Yeah. So credit to them. And then thankfully, uh, Arsenal was able to salvage a and point. Of course, who salvaged it? Alexander Lacazette. Always. Scott, Lacazette. he came in and instantly. Uh, Did helped. he sub in? Yeah, he subbed he's a, in. He's a super sub. He subbed in. Super sub of the decade. And, but he came, he came in with an attitude of, I think he was tired of seeing Arsenal <laughs> around for the last, since, since after halftime. Uh, he came out, he instantly, with his energy, he helped force a corner kick. And in that moment, when the when the ball goes out and, he's, and Pepe is going to get the ball to kick the corner kick, uh, he starts raising his hands as to pump the crowd up. And all of a sudden, it was like he completely awoke the crowd because they had been a little asleep to, because Arsenal had not done well. Palace, to their credit, had played very well coming out of the break. And all of a sudden, the crowd get, gets back in it, and it is all Arsenal for the most part for the last 13, 15 minutes of the match. And they they got their goal in the last kick of the match. 
I still under, don't understand how Gabrielle Martinelli gets the assist. It <laughs> absolutely went off Ben White's foot as the shot went in, deflected off Dubrovka, and then Lacazette smashed it home. So it was a lot of ended up being a lot of fun. Not fun. I, I wanted Arsenal to win, but uh, credit to Palace. They uh, they played well. Very good. So look, we need to uh, look. By the way, and I didn't even mention this. Uh, Bukayo Saka, a lot of people own him. We need to discuss this. Yeah. Left the match with an injury because he got blasted by James MacArthur in the first half. And it should have been – he got a yellow card. Yeah. It should have been a red card. Yeah. That was, I, he that was wasn't bad. even looking at the ball. And, and the play was almost completely over. And he wails off and just, as you said when you saw it, assaulted Saka. It was assault. It was absolutely criminal assault. A yellow card was given. Wasn't reviewed. It was idiotic. Yeah. Completely idiotic. That would now, of course, then changes the entire match. It's true. Yeah, just like we talked about two weeks ago, you know, a Milner second yellow would have oh, changed the, the city, city match. Liverpool yeah. match. You know, obviously, especially at that time. Well, and then, of this and then match, Saka had to leave the leave the game. And Saka's a key player for Arsenal. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it was sad. frustrating. Look, a lot of people, a lot of murmurs about owning a Yang. And a lot of well, Lukaku, here. I know, a lot of Lukaku and Ronaldo owners are probably not happy right now. And they're looking around and they're like, Vardy, Yang, Vardy over Yang, right? Surely, 99.9% of the time you're going Vardy over Yang. Right. But here's the thing. I'm a Lukaku owner. I might captain him against Norwich at home. Why wouldn't I? He Even should. He should. He's just his form has just been in in a weird. Place. But he's wrong. He's gonna find it. Why wouldn't he find it in this match? Look, the last six matches, Aubameyang has gone every other match with a goal. So that's all you need to think about. So he scored this week against Palace. He won't. The, the next week they they're home to Villa. He won't score. But then they play at Leicester. He'll score there. So he's on every other match uh, right. schedule at the moment. I mean, Romelu Lukaku, obviously, four twos in a row, five out of the last six matches, only a 13 in game week four to interrupt that streak. <sighs> but hosting Norwich, this is not when you send out Romelu. No, Because no, if he no. get, if, if, <laughs> if you no. transfer him out and he scores two goals, A, you're not no, surprised, you're, and B, you're kicking yourself. You probably are captaining him, but you probably don't feel great about it. I it's not from a lot him not trying. He just kind of had some crap luck. Well, and his, he did have. A, he's probably underperforming on his xG. If he put only, a ball in the net in this match, it was called offside. So I mean, it's not like he's not in position or he's not capable of doing it. He's absolutely capable of doing it, and he's putting himself in position to score. He just unfortunately was a little bit too far forward. In that so did you just describe Lukaku or Timo Werner? I, fair, right? I mean, I described Chelsea right now. It seems, uh, but no, I. I and that, that's a good transition. We've already talked about our transfer you know, discussion. I'm going to sleep on Telemans for Ben Rama just because Yuri Telemans isn't always the most consistent, even though he is in form right now. This year he has been. I just fear, yeah, maybe this year it's different. I'm going to sleep he's on He's done well though. for Belgium too because he's been starting for Belgium and nice. the internationals, and he's been playing well for them. Lukaku, that means it's still going to be my lineup. Home against Norwich. It's going to be Lukaku or Salah who's captain in my lineup. And right now I'm leaning big Rom. Salah for me. You, you don't have Lukaku, that's why. I don't. Yeah. I easy, don't. Easy choice. Although, Vardy's at the mighty community stadium. Dave, Dave, important question. Am I an idiot 
for being the guy who's saying Mo's Captain Obvious and saying, but Romulo hosting Norwich. Like, surely if there's one week where I come off of Mo and it pays off, it's this week, right? Or is it too obvious? You, Tread, you go ahead and do that. You go ahead and, Captain, as you and I are tied. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see. You go ahead okay, and, right. and go to Lukaku. I think that's an obvious Captain's choice, Scott. I'm captaining Muhammad Salah. Honestly, my my vice captain might be Decore, home to Watford, but uh, I don't know. I'm, that's not true. Chilwell, honestly, Chilwell, home to Norwich, might be might be the way I go. Oh my gosh, you're gonna go a different Chelsea player. Well, I, I feel like it's a guaranteed six. I feel like I feel like Ch- uh, Chil- Chilwell home is a guaranteed six. That's uh, anyone, if you can get six out of your captain and obviously double it to 12, that's a good week. So, yeah, I might do that and or a minimum put my vice there. But Muhammad Salah against, I, I don't know, Scott, what, what happens in the Liverpool United matches historically? I, I don't feel like they're high scoring, are they? It's usually a little bit lower scoring. But when it is high scoring, it's through the roof. Like, remember a couple of years ago when they played, like, there was, a, I think, one of the matches was nil-nil. The other one was 4-3. And, you know, if I had to guess, I don't know. I think there's too many offensive weapons. And, you know, we talked about leaky Liverpool, and we saw what Leicester did to United. If I had to bet, I would bet on more rather than less goals. 2-2? Feels like a 2-2 game. Minimum. Ronaldo Brace and Money and Salavo score. <laughs> Where's Greenwood's rocket? Greenwood's got to get his. Greenwood, Ronaldo, Salamane all score. I mean, does that sound unlikely? No, it doesn't sound unlikely at all. <laughs> it absolutely. Of course, we predicted the same scoreline for Everton West Ham. So what do we know? One nil. Yeah. Well, I, I, you're right. This game has a lot of offensive <laughs> firepower. It's going to be a lot of fun to to watch and see what happens. Dave, we got there. Uh, We've been light on the social media, especially over the international break. Again, that's more it, – it's not you. It's us. <laughs> All right. Uh, life, life has been what it's been. But uh, just continue to follow us for when things do pick back up. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Patreon, uh, just look up FPL America or FPL America Podcast in all those places, and you'll find us pretty easily. Uh, American flag in the soccer ball. It's, it's not hard to find. For sure. And um, and then that way you're ready when we do uh, get ready to re-engage. And if you want to engage with us, we will always uh, encourage that. Uh, just reach out to us in all those places. In the meantime, it's been a lot of fun, Dave. Been good. I think Brian will be joining us maybe next week. Okay, great. Uh, I think he's still part of this podcast, so he'll <laughs> he'll be coming back next week. He is and, part of this uh, podcast. We will uh, we'll see what happens with that. All right. Well, listen. Good luck this week. Good luck with uh, anyone who doesn't captain Muhammad Salah. Uh, good luck, Scott, on your Romelu Lukaku captain, because I'm sure that will work out against Norwich. Way too obvious. Anytime it's way too obvious, it never works out. And then, and guess what? Brighton finally has to play a team. They are playing, because uh, Arsenal's not a team yet, they're playing City. So Brighton away to City. We'll find out what Brighton is, what the Grand Potters are made of this weekend. Hey, for the FPL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.